This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio in the program News Analysis. Now we bring you a discussion on tribute to Sushma Swaraj, a great stateswoman. The participants are Nirja Chaudhary, political analyst, and Nilova Roy Chaudhary, journalist. Former External Affairs Minister Sushma Swaraj, who broke a lot of ceilings in her lifetime, passed away very suddenly last night. Sushma ji's multifarious contributions not just to political life but to making herself so accessible to the common man that her sudden passage has left people absolutely stunned and wondering what exactly happened and of course recollecting her with great fondness nija what particularly strikes you when you say the name sushma swaraj several things come to my mind actually one i think that she is amongst a handful of women politicians who made it to the top who did not belong to a political family now there is mamta banerjee there was jayalalita there is mayavati jayalalita and mayavati had very strong political mentors But Sushma Swaraj was one of the very few, and I think through sheer grit and her own talent and a sense of mission, she reached where she did reach. And I was thinking today, what are the things that add up to her political or public persona, which make it a success story? And I thought there are three things I would zero in on. One is her mastery over oration. She was such a good orator. She was she used to be considered after Vajpayee the best, mm-hmm. and she was. You know, she had once or twice said that she learned very early on when her father used to go to places. You know, she used to tell a story of them playing antakshri to teams, and this was not on songs but on poems. And once when her father was part of one of the teams, and they couldn't think of anything, so she then whispered in her father's ear and said, "I know." And she recited that poem, and she said that was the beginning. And her father encouraged, and of course, marriage. Her husband encouraged that she should go into public life, given her. Oratory skills. So that was one. Secondly, and with equal fluency in Hindi and English, English. and Urdu and Sanskrit. I mean, these are aspects that are not really that well known, but phenomenally good English and Hindi certainly. And Hindi, I remember when she would introduce. Five people sitting on the stage, and she would refer to them. She would not just say Advani ji, Vijay Rajasindhya ji. She would describe them in such good, flowing Hindi. It was a learning experience. But I remember the '96 debates in Parliament. And her speeches. This was when Mr. Vajpayee formed the government, became prime minister. His government lasted for 13 days, and the government was unmade. And then Mr. Devagoda came. So those were several debates in quick succession, and she spoke so well. And 97, I had accompanied Mr. Advani's Swan Jayanti Rath Yatra to mark 50 years of independence. And we were in Odisha, and Sushma Ji was also there. And the Rath Yatra reached a place where the meeting was to be held at 2 a.m. Thousands of people were waiting. So when Advani Ji got on this stage, of course there was applause. When Sushma Swaraj got on this stage, there was thunderous applause, and particularly from the young people because they had heard those debates. And I thought to myself, here is TV televising those debates, taking it to homes, actually had catapulted her into the position of a mass leader and an icon for young people. so her skills with that but the second thing i think i would point to is her public dealings her public dealings she was very good everybody today is talking about her warmth 
in her relationship whoever if she met you should hold your hand and ask how you were and at press conferences when she was the first woman spokesperson and there were hundreds of journalists and she would know them by name she would say so and so by name and let them ask the question many of them their birthdays she would call up and wish them so she had a personal kind of and so also with the leaders photographs of barack obama once she told me about sheikh hasina that how she had selected a sari to give to sheikh hasina and sheikh hasina had also given her a sari a jamdani color sari which i remember still because she took it out and showed it and the conversation then you know she broke the ice in this way so that kind of thing and thirdly which i think was most important i feel she turned adversity into opportunity and i think this last pint as a foreign minister it wasn't easy at all because the prime minister some foreign tricks she did not even accompany him but she carved out a niche for herself by giving a human face to the foreign ministry so individual complaints people in distress people stuck somewhere and she would tweet so she brought this element i think into administration which i think she will be remembered for and i hope very much that this will be continued because the foreign ministry has always had this image of being distant and aloof and doing things behind closed doors but she actually sort of humanized the foreign ministry to the extent that she made it accessible there are endless numbers of examples of when she was woken up at 2 in the morning and 3 in the morning and she responded that was sushma ji but she's been played a variety of multifarious roles neeja in, in terms of having been minister of information and broadcasting the health minister of the country during which time a lot of the all india institutes were built across the country or at least designated across the country and of course most recently as foreign minister to your mind which of these particular roles do you think she lent a particular character to most i think she was a good diligent administrator she took her task very seriously i think there was nothing non serious about what she put her mind to and worked hard like people say if she arrived somewhere for a conference at 2 am she would immediately get down to work for the morning session and i think generally that's what you remember her for but i remember her for her ability to connect with ordinary people of india which was a rare thing as i said speaking skills but this she knew how she could connect with people and i think this human touch also all this is what is making people you know suddenly feel this loss mm-hmm. because remember if you look at it in hard political terms she was no longer an mp now she was not in the ministry and you could call her a has been and people normally don't go to has beens who are politically were not in her circles but look at the way people have thronged to pay tribute to her and with, at a personal level you know you talk to the taxi driver you talk to the peon feeling this sense of loss because somewhere she connected with them and she had this mass leader character and of course she raised issues women's reservation bill 1998 i remember in an interview she said all my life i was opposed to it women should come in on their own merit but then i have seen the way women are systematically kept out and if the time has come to go in for a women's reservation bill to give one third representation to women in parliament and state assemblies 
I think primarily today what most people are remembering her for, other than, you know, the fact that she broke a lot of glass ceilings as far as women are concerned, as the first woman leader of the opposition in parliament, as the first woman chief minister of Delhi. This was not something that I knew before this. And the fact that she was the first woman member of the cabinet committee on security as the external affairs minister. As you very rightly said, the Prime Minister, in most cases, charts out his own foreign policy. But to take a kind of a backseat and to carve out the kind of niche that she did, the fact that India, for the first time ever, was called in for the foreign ministerial meet of the Organization of Islamic Countries this year, when Sushmaji <coughs> went there for the first time, and she made this phenomenal speech in which she said, terrorism has no religion. The fight against terrorism is not a confrontation against any religion. It cannot be. It is a struggle between the values of humanism and the forces of inhumanity. Would you say that that was one of her finest moments? Yeah, that was a high point. You know, the country felt very proud when she made that speech at the Foreign Minister's OIC. Even at the UNGA, the way she spoke against terror and the issues that were there and vis-à-vis -vis Pakistan last year, that was a very fine speech. So she was a very good speaker who could lay out her views simply, clearly in the high global fora, whether it was UN or a forum like OIC. And yet she could get across to village women in their gungats. I've seen her in 1977. I did an interview at that time when she just joined Janta Party and the JP movement and she was campaigning for the Janta Party against the Congress in Haryana, interior villages. And she said to them, how many of you have named your daughters Kaushalya? Some hands went up. How many of you have named your daughter Sumitra? Some hands went up. And she said, how many of you have named your daughters Kekai? Not one hand went up. So she said, you know why? Because Kekai did things to only benefit her son at the cost of banishing Lord Ram. And then she explained to them Indira Gandhi, an emergency. And you could see the penny drop. So even a complex subject like that, she knew how to get across. So she was a master communicator, really, and that, a mass leader. And in 2012, she was being billed, and her name was doing the rounds as a possible prime ministerial candidate also. So she reached the pinnacle, almost the pinnacle and made a contribution which India will remember. It's extremely sad that she way too young to die, actually, when you think about it. But again, as foreign minister, this humanizing of the foreign ministry that she managed to bring about, and that is something her successor, Dr. Jayashankar, has said, the extremely huge shoes to try and fit into. Now, what aspect, again, of that foreign policy of India did she lend her own touch to, do you think? India's foreign policy has largely followed a certain course. What aspect of that did she humanize to the point that the Wall Street Journal today is saying that she was probably India's best loved political figure? I mean, that is something that they have said today. I think as far as the foreign policy of the country, of the government, I don't think she stepped out of that. She backed the Prime Minister fully. But as we're saying that the human touch, when you make policy, it's very clinical, strategy, the region, those are big things and you are supposed to affect the lives of thousands and millions of people and that is called dealing with statistics. 
when you deal with individuals that is people and i think it's there she made a difference and somehow can we do that with every ministry these are indians in abroad in distress who reached out to her and she used the modern media she was a politician in the old school but can this be done with every ministry while policy formulation has its own place can you also have a place for dealing with people's individual problems where they feel there is a human face to government and governance i think that is an element she introduced which was her own today this young man khalid ansari who was in a pakistani jail when she got him out and the way she interacted with him and he was weeping when he was recalling this so it's very clear to me that i think the foreign policy aspect that she managed to humanize and bring home to every indian is something perhaps that might be considered her greatest legacy and that was the most difficult part of her task it was a starting off with a handicap and turning it into an advantage and i think that's where sushma swaraj's never say die spirit comes in whether it was being sent to bellari to take on sonia gandhi only in 3 weeks in a place which had been the congress's fiefdom for decades and she lost only by 60000 votes this one liner i remember of hers which was main jaagungi taaki delhi chain se soye so she was good in all that and this is not only for a politician or the person in public life it is with for each one of us we all have setbacks we all face adversity instead of lamenting how do i turn it to my advantage or the larger advantage and one other thing which i you know you remember 2004 when sonia gandhi was about to become prime minister and sushma swaraj said i will torture my head and take sanyas if she becomes prime minister despite that exchange in 2004 when she became leader of the opposition which is another stint of hers where she played a stellar role she actually went on to have a working relationship with the congress and sonia gandhi and that stint of hers 2009 to 14 is when congress lost ground the most kashmir she had a view the last tweet we all know kashmir was part of the bjp's particular ethos and the abrogation of article 370 was something that they have always had as part of their agenda let's hear something that she said way back in 1996 which was so connected to her prophetic last words to a discussion on tribute to Sushma Swaraj a great stateswoman the participants were Neerja Chaudhary political analyst and Nilova Roy Chaudhary journalist this program was produced and presented by the news services division of all india radio this program is also available on our website newsonair.com you may email your opinion about this program at airnsttalks@gmail.com